April second, two thousand and two, Saturday. The first time we met was at Tom's. May eighteenth, two thousand two, we met at Glenn's with sixteen present, five couples, four singles, and two kids. During the summer, we met at Ken's and Elaine's and Glenn's. Then finally settled in at Tom's for the fall and winter, having communion the first Sunday and having a lunch afterwards. March 21st, 2003, first day of spring, Pastor Tim confirmed that he and Pam were coming home to be our pastor. March 23, 2003, we had our first meeting with 33 present at Ben's house in the cellar. Tom dedicated Ben's home and blessed Ben as we stepped ahead to build God's church. January 25th, 2004, first meeting at the fire station, about 70. In 2003, Tom asked us to tell what we want our church to be. I want people to envision the pathway paved with gold. I want the steps to take us a little higher spiritually than the step before. I want the door to be wide open to all people, regardless of color. I want the pews to be large to hold the biggest sinners. I want our voices to rise in songs to praise God. I want our elders to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want the pulpit to be filled with God's chosen men. I want our aisles to become worn by sinners' feet as they make their way to the altar to meet their Savior. And then, as we go through the main gate of heaven, I want to see our loved ones and in the background see our Savior draw his nail-pierced hands from his robe and applaud.
yesterday and today's sports day, the Steelers and Cardinals and Tracy are about to go off the board. Um, you guys are going to play us for tonight, just kind of right off the cuff for off the top of their heads. They had a pretty good game last week, and that's how we know they go off. You know, if you're going to run up, you're going to go off the board, and so keep coming back. I'm going to keep going back to the first because I don't want to I don't want to be the I don't want to be I love hearing that stuff. Love hearing about how God has moved and worked in people's hearts and uh, people to reach out and how he captures 
our attention and draws us to himself. Um, when I look out over our church family on a weekly basis, and if I'm standing up here teaching or whatever, look out and see all the folks that God has brought. I'm reminded that God is the one who draws us. The scripture says that, that we don't understand. We don't understand our need. We don't understand how sinful we are. We don't understand who God is. And we don't seek him. But he seeks us and draws us. And I'm just so thankful for that. And in hearing all these stories, and I think, wow, 17 years. 17 years ago, the first prayer meeting. And then 15 years ago, uh, when everything was, well, Tim, I was going to say, when everything was all organized. I don't know if it was all completely organized, but it was, we got to the point to, to meet on a weekly basis in a public setting, not not in somebody's basement or living room, but publicly and throw the doors open and invite people to come in uh, 15 years ago. And about three months after that started happening um, was when we got here, when Melody and I and Gavin got here. And uh, Catherine was just saying she couldn't believe she was only 17 and now that she has a 13-year-old son. And I always kind of gauge how long we've been around because Gavin had just had his sixth birthday uh, just before we got here, and uh, now he's about to have his 21st birthday, so uh, 15 years ago, and it was so, so wonderful and fantastic, but so different from anything we had ever, we didn't know anybody, we knew Tim and Pam, and that is it, we didn't know anyone else, um, we did know where we were living. We were going to be living in Alma's Log House, but we didn't know anything about it because we'd never actually seen it before. Uh, but Tim said, yep, you got a place to stay. This is it. So we said, okay, we're on our way and uh, packed up the truck and came. But we are just so thankful that we've been able to be a part of this with you, with so many of you that have been around since the beginning and all of you folks that have come and joined us since then. Uh, it's, it's been wonderful and we're so thankful for it. And when I, when I look around at Moss Brook Church, there's a few things that I see that, that I think are incredibly important. I want to just share a couple of them with you uh, here in these couple of moments. First of all, um, I see that the mission hasn't changed. Um, the first prayer meeting, the first public service to today, the mission has been to reach lost people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's still the grid that we run everything through. And we think about, well, does God want us to do this? Should we go this direction? What should we do here? What decision should we make? We still run everything through that same grid. Is this going to help us share the gospel with people that are lost? And I'm so thankful the mission hasn't changed. I look around, I, the second thing I see is that the church is continuing to grow. I mean, from a handful of people to 16 people, to 33 people, to 70 people at the fire hall, to, to 300 people here uh, every Sunday morning. And that's one of the ways that we know that a, that a church is healthy, is that it's growing and people are continuing to be saved. And, and we have baptisms every summer, and we're going to have a baptism here in a couple hours. And uh, I see that the church is still growing. When I look around, the th next thing I see is that small groups are still an important part of what's happening in our growth and our process. We have 20-some small groups and six or eight different LTGs that are meeting. Uh, we've had six radical mentorship groups that have gone on throughout this year. 
If you don't know what that is and you're curious about it, come ask us. We'd love to talk to you about it. But there are a couple of hundred people participating in all of those groups and LTGs and radical mentorship, and we're thankful for that. I also see that equip classes have become an important way for people to connect and learn and grow and get to know each other. We've had seven of those over the past nine months. I did a little uh, counting up and over a hundred people have done those equip classes. And two financial peace universities with another 28 people. And this fall we've got even more of those classes going and that's a way for us to all connect and to get to know each other and continue to grow in our faith. I also see that our weekly community involvement is, is growing. Uh, if you've been around here very long at all, you know that we always help out at the Oxford Fair, or we have for the past eight or ten years. I think every year we say, are we going to do that again? <laughs> because it's a lot of work, but um, we love it, and if you guys have been a part of it, you know that it's, it's fun to do that together and to care for our community. Hundreds of hours and 70 or 80 people every year. Uh, some things you may not know that happen. Some of you are involved, but a lot of you probably don't even know. Over the past three years, we've given 20 or 25 cord of firewood away to families over 10 communities uh, in our area. We've given away 40 or 50 Hannaford gift cards for people that need food. Every year, our community fund gives five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000 to families that are in need with their, their rent or their heat or their lights or clothing or, or whatever is needed. Uh, our kids do it too in their groups, uh, service projects, whether it's Operation Christmas Child, sending boxes to needy families all around the world and needy kids, or summer service projects uh, for our local women's shelter and the nursing homes. They're going to be doing it again this summer starting next week, uh, just reaching out to people that are around us. Uh, annual ministry trips to Brazil to care for our brothers and sisters and and help uh, as they go up and down the Amazon River sharing the gospel. Our sister Holly, who is over in Turkey with her team, sharing the gospel with people every day in tangible ways like handing out food to refugees and planting churches and all of those things. I just see all of these things happening. And what started so long ago is still happening right now. I want you to know that, and I want you to be encouraged by that. Uh, Twelve years ago, uh, Jess was doing their laundry at Betty's Laundry, and she bumped into Don, and Don invited them to come to church, and Phil and Jess's lives and their families' lives have been changed. Uh, six years ago, Christina Corovo was working at Amy and Aaron's house, and Amy invited them to come to church, and she and Robert were engaged at the time, and they came to church, and they came to faith, and they're changing their family tree. And six months ago, Mike was driving through the parking lot to go to the dump and said, i got to see what all these cars are about. And so we stopped in, and he and Sue came back the next week and have been here since, and God is changing their lives. It was happening 17 years ago. It's happening today, folks. God is he's still working. He's still changing people's lives. He's still doing what he has promised to do. He has not stopped, and we cannot stop. I want to share a couple of verses with you quick. 2 Timothy 2.2, Paul says, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. That's my heart, and I hope it's yours too. When I read this verse, I call it a gospel truth chain reaction. 
I want to teach what I know to you, and I want you to take it and teach it to somebody else so they can teach it to someone else. I want to have gospel great-grandchildren. That's what I want. And that's the ministry that God has given us here that results in people coming to know the love and the hope that's only found in Jesus Christ. Because listen to this, folks. When people change, their families change. And when families change, communities change. And that's what's happening. 1 Thessalonians 4.1, we just looked at this a couple of weeks ago. Finally, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus Christ that as you have received from us how you ought to walk and please the Lord, just as you're doing, that you do so more and more. When I look at Mossbrook Church, I see two things that have been the key to God's blessing and working here. Number one, I see a group of people that are fully submitted to God. What is it that you want, God? We'll do it. And number two, I see a group of people who are willing to sacrifice. There is so much sacrifice that goes on in the course of a week here that we don't even see people giving of their time and their money and their energy to serve and give and love people and lead groups and teach classes and roll carts off trailers and set up speakers and clean, clean auditoriums and all those kinds of things. And I know that if we're going to keep going, if God's going to continue to work, we need to let go of our pride. We need to give up all our rights. Let's keep going. I'm not involved in the 
Thanks. You can have a seat. As I've been watching and enjoying the videos and and the folks chatting about from the very beginning, I go back to the start and when I was called and asked to come back and to help do this church plant, my answer was no. Um, I didn't want to. I knew it was going to be hard. Doing anything that's outside the box is never easy. And uh, God kept laying it on my heart and on my wife's heart, and, and she knew before I did that that's really what God wanted. That's often the way that goes. And so we said yes, and like Mike, we came not knowing what would happen, not knowing what God had in store. But we knew that we wanted to be part of something that was for folks who had questions about God, a place that was open, a place that anybody could come just the way they were. And I was reminded of that this morning. My good buddy Daniel came up to me this morning and handed me his, his medals from Special Olympics. And it's a place where anybody can come and ask their questions about God. And Daniel stood beside me and worshiped God this morning. God has an incredible love for people. So much so that he was willing to give his son so that we could have a life. And not a little bit of life, guys. A whole full life. And so I stand here so encouraged and so happy at what God has done. But I also stand here knowing that God's not done. And my heart bursts 
with what God wants to do. And I love the, the children that are using their gifts on stage. I love the involvement of the people of God serving God. That's the body of Christ at work. And so what's the future of Mossbrook Church? Well, I thought about it, and the first thing that came to my mind is more of the same. <laughs> more of the same. It's more of saying yes to Jesus Christ and saying yes to the Spirit of God and allowing the God who changed our hearts to change other people's. The mission hasn't changed, as Mike said, and it doesn't matter what building we find ourselves in or, or where we end up meeting or how we meet together. It's the fact that God loves people so much that he wants to offer them hope through his son, Jesus Christ. And we as a church have an opportunity to continue to give that hope away. That's what the future is. So what's it look like? Well, it's love God and love people. Romans 5.8 says, But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Guys, you weren't so great. I wasn't so great that God looked down and said, i got to save that one. <laughs> he looked at all of us and he said, They all are helpless and need hope. They all are helpless and they need a Savior. And he died so that I could have life, so that you could have life. And while I was still a sinner, while I still didn't believe in God, he believed in me. And he gave Jesus Christ. Love God and love people. The Lord, love the Lord our God. The Lord is one. This is Mark chapter 12. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. The second command is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other com command that's greater than these. Love God and love people. John 13 says it this way, a new command I give you, love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Folks, the message, the mission hasn't changed. Love God with all of your heart and love the people who are around you. Whether they love you back or not, love them. Care for them. Show them the love of Jesus. And when they don't accept it, keep loving them. That's what Jesus has done for you. That's what Jesus has done for me. So first, over the next 15, love God and love people. Second, teach the truth. And that's just not for Mike and I. That's just not, not for those who are your leaders. It's for you too. Know the truth. Know the word of God. Put the word of God in your heart. Know the word of God and teach truth. John 8 says it this way. You will know the truth and the truth will do what? You tell me. Set you free. We live in a day and age where people are in bondage. People are looking for freedom. They're looking for hope. And folks, the only hope that is found, it's not found in our government. It's not found in our programs. It's not, it's not found in some new thing. It's found in the person of Jesus Christ and the truth of his word. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. What's the mission of Mossbrook Church? It's to share the truth. It's to offer freedom to the folks that we live life with. Third, this is what I hope we do in the next 15 years, is invite change. 
we live in a day and age when our world is sliding really quickly, quickly, quickly away from God. And to invite change means to introduce them back to who God is. To bring them back to a place where they understand who created them and why he created them. He created them in his image, in his likeness, for his glory. With a purpose that affects all mankind. Ephesians 5.8 says this, For you were once in darkness, but now you are in light. And for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. When you're in darkness, you're lost. When you're in darkness, you bump into all kinds of stuff that you don't know is there and you end up hurt. But when you walk in the truth of who Jesus Christ is and you allow the light of the truth of the Word of God to flow over you, it changes who you are. It changes how you affect the people around you. And when you become a disciple of Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 tells us this, this. It says, therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. We are followers of Jesus Christ. We're disciples of Jesus Christ. And we're, dis- we're ambassadors for Christ. And since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Come back to God. Invite change. Church, Be bold. Be bold. Share truth. Invite change. Invite people to come to the place where God has the opportunity through Jesus Christ to change them as a team, as a church. For the next 15 years, let's love God and love people. Let's tell the truth. Let's allow the Word of God to be what directs us, what guides us, what teaches our hearts. Let's tell the truth. And let's invite others to change. Our future is found in being led by God to be the people of God, showing the love of God. Are you in? Will you join me?
That's our prayer, guys. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing the glory of God. That's, that's what we want. That's our prayer. That's our desire. And over the next years, as God enables us as a church, would you work with us? Would you team with us? Would you commit your heart, your life to serving God, to giving everything that you have? He gave all. Give it back. And he'll honor it. He'll honor it in incredible ways. Hey, thank you. Thank you for the part that each one of you have played to this point. God knows 
He knows what's in your heart. Continue to give. Continue to say yes to him. We're going to bow in a word of prayer. We're going to dedicate the next few years of our ministry, of our life as a church body to God. And I'd ask you to pray along with me. As we leave this place, we're going to go up. We're going to celebrate baptism. If it rains, so what? We're going to have a great time. We're all going to get wet anyway, so what's the difference? And then, God, we have some, we have some food. There's be a chance to just celebrate together. But would you bow right now with me? And in your heart, if you can, if you can't, don't do it. But could you just say yes to God? Could you say, I'm in. I'll serve. I'll do my part. I'm not asking you to take the whole thing. God's not. He's asking for a team of people, a team of believers, to honor him with the gifts that he gave them. And if we do that together, he'll change the community we live in. God, this is your church. Thank you for that promise that you will build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Thank you. What a load that takes off my shoulders, knowing that it's not my job to build the church, it's yours. But God, you've asked each Christ follower in this room, each disciple of Jesus Christ, to do their part, to use their gift for the glory of God, for the growth of your kingdom. And so we as a body, we commit to saying yes to you, to honoring you. We commit to using all that is at our disposal for the growth of your kingdom. Father, thank you for all of the hours, all of the finance, all of the energy, all of the talents, all of the gifts that have been used to this point. Allow us to be generous with ourselves to you and to those around us. Help us to love God, to love people, to speak truth, to invite change in this community. God will give you the praise and the glory. It all belongs to you. Thank you. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the hope that we have of eternity with you. Build your church in us. In your name we pray. Amen.
April 2nd, 2002, Saturday. The first time we met was at Tom's. May 18th, 2002. We met at Glenn's with 16 present, five couples, four singles, and two kids. During the summer, we met at Ken's and Elaine's and Glenn's, then finally settled in at Tom's for the fall and winter. Having communion the first Sunday and having a lunch afterwards. March 21st, 2003, first day of spring. Pastor Tim confirmed that he and Pam were coming home to be our pastor. March 23rd, 2003, we had our first meeting with 33 present at Ben's house in the cellar. Tom dedicated Ben's home and blessed Ben as we stepped ahead to build God's church. January 25th, 2004, first meeting at the fire station, about 70. In 2003, Tom asked us to tell what we want our church to be. I want people to envision the pathway paved with gold. I want the steps to take us a little higher spiritually than the step before. I want the door to be wide open to all people, regardless of color. I want the pews to be large to hold the biggest sinners. I want our voices to rise in songs to praise God. I want our elders to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want the pulpit to be filled with God's chosen men. I want our aisles to become worn by sinners' feet as they make their way to the altar to meet their Savior. And then, as we go through the main gate of heaven, I want to see our loved ones and in the background see our Savior draw his nail-pierced hands from his robe and applaud.